The Tactical Transition Navigating the Civilian Frontier Mastering Career Strategies Sharpening Networking Tools and Creating a Successful Transition Plan Hello everyone, welcome to the Tactical Transition Podcast. We focus on senior military leaders as they transition from their military careers into the civilian job market, covering best practices, up-to-date trends, additional resources, and tips for landing that dream job. This is episode number two, and I'm so excited. I am Cindy Poe. I am a career executive career coach with ESOL Seminars, and I am here today with my battle buddy, Michelle Lewis, and also an executive career coach with ESOL. How are you doing today, Michelle? I am wonderful. I cannot tell you how excited I am about this podcast. You know that this episode is where my sweet spot is. Um, So I cannot wait to get this one started, Cindy. Um, And everybody, you're going to want to listen to this thing the entire way through. We've got some great tips uh, and advice. And uh, Cindy, I'm going to let you go ahead and tell who our guest is going to be. Absolutely. We are so excited. Both Michelle and I, uh, anyone who knows us, if you've been following us, you know that um, our expertise lies in our fact that we have both been military spouses. So it is always exciting to talk to a fellow military spouse. So to be able to talk to a fellow uh, military spouse is always exciting. We have Shauna Wentland here with us today. Shauna, uh, we are so excited to have you here. Uh, Shauna's husband, Brady, I'll give you a little bit of this background so you'll you'll know how we came to know Shauna. Uh, her husband went through our seminar and he is probably the shining star example of success of transition. He did, he took, you know, not to sound, you know, um, you know, well, I am just going to sound proud. He did everything we told him to do and he was really successful. So it was very exciting to see him go through this process. And now he he comes back to our classes and he talks and, and pays it forward, talks about his experience. And, and that's wonderful. We love Brady. He's amazing. But to be able to talk to Shauna today is super exciting because throughout this whole process, we always talk about and focus on the service member, the senior leader. But we all know that there is that person in the in the back of the scene there that that is just living this different perspective and to be able to talk today to Shauna we are very excited so Shauna is originally from Julian California which is a very small town in the mountains uh, north of San Diego. I had to look it up and it just looks like a lovely place. Uh, since marrying Brady in 1999, they moved around the world and raised uh, their three kids. We all, all military, we understand that moving and what that looks like. In 2010, she earned a PhD in leadership and, organ- and organizational change. She works as an uh, as an online college professor. In her free time, she is a long distance runner and enjoys traveling. She is a Renaissance woman. Let me tell you this: a PhD. <laughs> let me just say, I'm not. Am I joking here, Michelle? Earning a PhD when you're a military spouse for how many years was Brady serving? Remind me, Shauna. She's he served a total of twenty eight and a half years. Twenty eight and a half years, yeah. and you earned a PhD as a military. I'm going to tell you. That is 
that is a triumph right there. We can just, we can just <laughs> stop you. right Donna, there. I, as a military spouse, I was pursuing my bachelor's degree. And as long as it took me to get it, because every time we'd move, we'd move, we'd move. Uh, when I finally finished, I said, just call me doctor, because that's how long, <laughs> you know, it took me even though. So I am with Cindy. Kudos to you. That is pretty Thank awesome. You. Thank you. That is amazing. So we are very excited to chat with you today, Shauna. Um, you know, uh, like I said, that perspective of military spouse, but military spouse in the transition pro process, that's, that's the person we don't get to talk to very often, because by the time we're working with a service member, they're already in it or at the end of it. And, um, and so we don't get to, to talk to the spouse after the fact very often. So we're gonna, we're definitely gonna, gonna pick your brain uh, for, for some advice and some best practices. So Michelle, I wanna pass it over to you and, and let you get this ball rolling sure. here. So Shauna, welcome. And and we do, we just have a Thank couple you. topics we want to run through with you. And the first one, um, like Cindy said, we both come from that background and I'm very similar to you, that long-term background, how many times you've moved and how many times you have to change your careers. It's so funny because I, I think, of course, we are professionals in career transition. We've had mm -hmm. to do it enough, right? So mm -hmm. um, I want to start this conversation with you and reflect back on the times, every move that you had. And, and as you're trying to just keep one foot in that professional world, um, and, and again, I don't know about you, but I know sometimes it was um, possibly even just a part-time job because you, your, your partner is deployed. And so now mm -hmm. you're carrying the full load of the, of the, the home, uh, as well, but you want to keep that foot in the professional world. So talk to me about some of the challenges that you experienced as a military spouse with the transitions that you were going through, um, both from the positive and the negative aspect. How did that help you um, to be where you are now um, in regards to that career? I, I was thinking about this um, in preparation for this. And one of the scenarios that came to mind was when we, we moved to Hawaii from Barbados. So, you know, two islands, um, crazy, difficult move. You know, it's all of the challenges with shipping and pets and, uh, you know, everything that we, you know, you can imagine. And I was about halfway through my PhD. I wanted to work. I had, you know, a two, eight and 11 year old, um, you know, crazy things going on. And it was like, well, I don't have a job yet, so I can't afford daycare, but I can't look for a job without daycare, you know, and, and when, how do you balance paying out all of that money. I remember it being five or $600 a month for, for full time, which was a lot for us at that point. And, and it's like, how, how do I do this? How do I justify if they call her and, and we get in, but I don't have a job yet, you know, but then if I get a job, I don't have anywhere to take her. And so that, that's one of the things that every single time military spouses move, something like that is a significant either obstacle or challenge or source of anxiety. And, um, and, and it's about establishing who I'm going to be here. You know, sometimes I was a full-time college student. Sometimes I um, volunteered a whole lot. I was very involved in the key volunteer program and the links program the first time we were in Hawaii. And, um, and so that was a focus, but I had to figure out 
based on the season we were in our lives, where he was in his career, how many times is he going to deploy while we're here? Who can I be here? And, and because Brady was so aggressive, and, and that's not a negative thing, but he was very aggressive with his career, it usually meant we were moving in two years instead of three or four. Like we never stayed anywhere a full tour. You know, he was always looking for that next, that next thing. And so um, wonderful for him. But it meant plucking me out of, oh, I'm just getting comfortable. Oh, you have orders across the world. Let's go do that again, you know. Um, and so it's, it's tr- like you said, transition every single time to establish myself aside from only being his wife and their mom. And, and I always had aspirations to have a career. And sometimes it worked out really well. And, and then other times, you know, um, Barbados and pregnant and no car not going to work, you know, it's just was the reality. Um, And so, uh, yeah, the the transition is is really constant in ways that I think a lot of people don't really know, because the service member shows up and they have their job already, you know, someone's already decided it, their rank establishes how people are going to treat them. Um, You know, they come in, they make their mark, they do their job. And it's all kind of figured out for them for the most part, whereas the spouse doesn't get really any of that. And and so they have to really, um, I think there's been duty stations I did better than others. Sometimes I floundered and I'd be a little, I don't want to say depressed, but um, a little unhappy because I, I couldn't quite get my traction there. I didn't make right. friends like I needed. I didn't, couldn't get the job or, you know, whatever was going on with the kids. Um, Brady was deployed for a year, you know, all of those different things add up to where the challenges are different, but significant each time. And so um, the, there really is a, a resiliency and a tenacity required to be successful in that and, and to, you know, make yourself happy wherever you're at, you know, to define who you're going to be, I think is important. And I, and I don't want to go off script here, but, you know, a little bit, let me ask you, did you have any of that military background growing up or was this just something you had to figure out as you went into this married life to a marine yeah my my grandfather was in the army long before i was born that was the only um military and i i met brady because i was with a cousin that was in the navy but she was single we were young you know zero impact um on my life other than she really liked Marines. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's the that's the benefit of growing up in Southern California. They're kind of everywhere. And um, <laughs> and so, uh, no, to answer your question, I, I moved a lot as a kid. I had kind of um, family issues and challenges that facilitated a lot of moves. So that mm-hmm. part I was used to, but zero experience with the military and figuring out, you know, how to support him and how to navigate that life. See, I think that's valuable information for our audience to hear. You know, we each come come at this with a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I grew up with a dad who was in the Army. And so as I married a soldier in the Army, the, the process was just natural for me. I'd mm-hmm. watched my parents move all my life. You know, we'd always picked up and moved all my life. So to marry into that wasn't as much of a, a shock to my system um, mm-hmm. as, as I find out uh, because, you know, I don't think, I didn't think about those things, but then I find out 
why is one military spouse able to handle this differently than another? And then you find out, you know, some of those upbringings, like this is so foreign and so new and, and it is a difficult uh, thing to adjust to, but obviously you've done it successfully. Uh, <laughs> you, you've been married since what, 1999, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. obviously you've been successful on that. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, Cindy, I'm going to pass it over to you if you want to yeah, expand on that a little. Absolutely. And I just, I want to add too, it's so funny because, you know, Michelle's husband, he stayed in, you know, for 30 and, and Michelle and I, we grew up together. We've known each other from middle school because we both, both of our dads were at Fort Bragg. So we met each other oh, at that neat. point. Yeah. So we've known each other a long time and we both married our soldiers at Fort Bragg. My soldier, uh, he uh, separated from the military after Desert Storm, after one tour, six years. He said, I'll try corporate America. And it's so funny when I'm listening to Michelle talk about, you know, what you're used to. I grew up in military. I was born at Fort Bragg. My daughter was born at Fort Bragg. Like the army was what we knew when he left the military and went into corporate America. That's when I had the uh oh uh, moment mm -hmm. because it was so different. Like it was so different and just the language people used mm -hmm. and the way they talked about things and the way they felt about us, what they thought they knew about our lives and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, you so unusual. So circumstance really does matter. Like what your experiences mm -hmm. are, what you, and what you, and, and so adjusting wh wherever you know, you're landing in the world, these adjustments uh, can be tough. But I will tell you, just listening to you talk about the frequency of your moves and everything, I could imagine that would have been such stress because, you know, like you said, re you, you use the word, who am I going to be at this station? Who am I going to be <laughs> at this duty station? And that's a that's a task to take on to to reinvent yourself every every couple of years is like is like mm -hmm. a whole different thing. So uh, that that is fascinating. So let me ask you this: What challenges? So you you like said successfully did that. Um, it's a beautiful thing to see. But what what are the differences now in the challenges in transitioning out of the military as opposed to those transitions of that? that change and, and what you've been experiencing while in the military for 28? I, I think um, the, the biggest challenge is once, you know, Brady got out, he got his job and he's okay with answering some of those anxiety issues that he had. Um, the issue now comes more from him, you know, like little things that happen that may, maybe he stumbles on that um, he wouldn't have before, even, positive things like he hadn't been to a civilian dentist in 28 and a half years and he went to my dentist that's across the street that's this joyful person and and these wonderful hygienists and he came back and he's smiling he's like they didn't want to rip my teeth out and they treated me really nice <clears throat> excuse me and <laughs> what is this it was foreign entity yes right? yes he's like they're nothing like the navy dentist and and it was it was such a like an eye-opener on something that I was so used to right I had no idea I mean, I guess you can imagine, but I, I didn't think about it. Um, and so little things like that, that, that kind of catch us off guard. And then some of the more um, negative side of it is because he always had a job and a role and a rank and the next thing to work on. And now he doesn't, I mean, he has the job, but there isn't that clear 
I'm going to climb this and do that, you know, thing going on. He floundered a little bit about six months in like, well, I don't have any goals. I don't, you know, what do I, what am I working for? What, or like, is it just the money? Is it, you know, and so we had to kind of figure that out and talk through um, changing that perspective of, okay, well, you know, is it a 20 year plan to, to earn more for retirement? Is it getting the youngest through college? Well, there's VA benefits for that. You know, I mean, like he was having a hard time defining who he was for the first time. It's like, yeah, I got all this, these great things going on. I like my job, but there's nothing else in it. You know, like, do I just do this forever? Like, what does that mean? You know, do we move? Do we live here? Do we, you know, um, do we itch to move? I don't know. I mean, um, a side note, I've lived in this current home longer than I've lived anywhere in my entire life. And so that was a weird thing. We realized one day that like, we live here and the Marine Corps cannot tell us to move. And, but then at the same time, the Marine Corps is not going to move us. Wow. (laughs) Like we live here, you know, and there's this weird lack of identity with that, that comes with the freedom because we're not a military family in the way that we were. And we're not looking for orders and we don't know, you know, E9 is not the next thing, you know, it's, it's, it's just a weird kind of abyss that I feel like he was in for a while where I was just happily, you know, kind of working along and he'd say things and be like, Oh yeah, we're not that anymore. You know? And then it would kind of stir up some fear of, wow, what does that mean? What do we want? I don't know. You know, and so that's been a challenge for us that is not financial or really tangible. It's kind of an emotional thing of what, what does it mean to be us in this stage right now? You know, and, and who are we and are we happy with that? You know? And so that's, that's been kind of a, a weird dynamic that we've worked through. Yeah. I love, I love how you say that though. It's like, we live here. Like we lived places. I, I live in this really. house. I live in, but 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 I live here. <laughs> and there's no right, end right. to that. There's no end yes. side of that unless you choose to not live there anymore. And then there's no direction for it. It's just you choosing. And I think that sometimes that choice, and I think honestly, I will tell you, I can recall this when when my husband uh when we got our first assign you know his first job I say assignment I still say those things when he got his first job out of the military you know I remember thinking when he said well you know we have to we have to go on a house hunting trip and I was like okay and then I'm thinking this could be a home for a really long time and I thought that's weird like that's just weird mm-hmm. you know it's right. like so right. yeah I mean that's yeah. but I love how you say that we live here now <laughs> it's like, like nobody's well, telling you to leave Sean, Sean, I've had that problem in realizing, like, where did all this stuff come from? Because normally we would have, you know, decluttered by now because we wouldn't want to be overweight. Right. Right. And I'm like, when do we have the moment that we're going to go through the declutter? Well, we don't have to do that anymore. So now you have to make an intentional uh, decision to to say, I got to get rid of this stuff because, you know. (laughs) So if there was something I didn't like or something that I really loved, I would not let myself fully hate or love anything because you know i had to push that to you know we're he's gonna move me in a year so you know um so yeah that that that's a a, kind of a psychological thing like every once in a while it hits us like a mac truck like wow 
do we want to live here? I don't know, you know, but we, we will. And yeah, both our boys are stationed in the area. So, so let me, let me ask you then in that regard, when, when Brady first decided I'm going to transition and came home and said, Hey, I've made this decision. This is what I want to do. Share with me your your first instinct. What was that initial thought? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Did you feel like you were losing community or, or how, how did that conversation go? So we had the unique challenge or situation where he was actually home because of COVID. And so he had been working from home because nobody wanted to be in the Pentagon. And um, so that was a challenge all in itself because I've worked from home for a decade and he was in my space. <laughs> and so, you know, and then our, <laughs> our, our son was sent home from college and, and, you know, and so there were all these things that are going on. And then he really wanted to extend 30 was the goal. And um, the, the monitor wanted him to move. And, and, you know, so it kind of came out of, well, we're not move. We're not doing that. We're not going to move for another year for, you know, to be somewhere for a year. That doesn't make any sense. And so um, it didn't feel super abrupt because he was already home to some degree. It already felt like he had transitioned because I hadn't seen him in a uniform in a long time. Um, it, it was very different because of all of the pandemic challenges. Um, but yes, I was afraid how do we pay this mortgage? How do we live in old town Alexandria? That's expensive. How do we, you know, like all of a sudden it was the stability that made all of the challenges of the Marine Corps worth it. You're going to pull that away. And, and, oh my goodness, you know, does that mean I need to do more work to, you know, so, so all of the financial stability that has been very important to us, was in jeopardy because we just didn't know. And, um, and so, yeah, that was hard. Um, being on the other side and not feeling like I related to military wives in the same way, because my husband's not going anywhere, you know, he's upstairs, he's not, you know, and so I felt that, yeah, that there's some lack of community with that. There's some differences with that. Um, all of those things were things that crossed our mind, but at the same time, the thought of packing up and moving again, he even threw out the idea of Marine security guard duty, which would have meant overseas again. And for the first time in our entire career, our marriage, I said, no, I'm not doing that. Um, you know, I just, I'm not taking our 13 year old daughter out of, you know, I'm just not. And so that was a unique situation because I'd never done that. I've always been like, all right, let's go, you know, whatever he wanted to do. And, and I think he realized that, um, it just wasn't worth giving up what we had here and, and his opportunities here to do another year and a half um, in the, in the uniform. So yeah, all of those things were freaking me out. <laughs> well, I think it's important for people to hear, um, you know, there, there is this, this misconception that transition is going to impact the veteran, but what about the teammates, you know, and that's mm -hmm. something that we stress in our class in the ESEL classes, we say, invite your spouse. Um, mm -hmm. And if they can't come because they, they're working, a lot of our spouses have jobs and they can't come, then go home and talk to them about this. Ask them about what's important. Ask them about, about moving. Ask them mm -hmm. about these things because, you know, one of the things that we share is um, all of those times, Shauna, that you move. If you did not like where you were, you could technically be mad at the Marine Corps. 
Um, mm-hmm. Because you could say, well, Brady's doing what he needs to do to be successful in his career. It's the Marine Corps that put us here. It's their decision mm-hmm. that put us here. But when we start to transition out of the military or when the veteran starts transitioning out of the military, it's it's their decision. And mm-hmm. so if they're not communicating with their team members, they can't go home and say, well, it's the company's fault. No, it's not. You made that choice. You made that right. decision. And so in order for them to successfully transition, what Cindy and I believe is you've got to get your team to buy in. You've got to get yes. them on your side. And they're no longer... and, and and some military spouses take this in a negative way. And I don't mean it negatively at all, but up to this point, we have been the cheerleader. Um, We did not get the vote. You know, I I mean, I can't tell you that when my husband came home and said, we're going to Korea, I'm like, woohoo! no, I didn't want to do that at all. Right. You know, I was just a few credits short of finishing my degree at that time. I'm like, Oh no way. You know, but we we pick up and we go mm-hmm. because we're that cheerleader. We don't get that vote often to say, no, go back and tell them I'd rather not do that. You know, we don't, right. we don't get to get to say. It doesn't work out well. It doesn't quite work. <laughs> but then as, as transition is happening, um, they need to pull us right next to them. That's mm-hmm. that partnership side now. Because we're no longer the cheerleader. We are the partner in this decision and how it's going to impact our veteran uh, because we see things they may not see, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, um, the emotional side of that, that I know you know about Brady, that sometimes they can't recognize how it's going to impact our family, how it's going to impact our career at that time. So I think that's a a wonderful point you're making is at this point in time, I said, "Mm, no, no, we can't do this. And that's when we're, we're beside each other um, Mm -hmm. and we're talking this through. And I think that is critical. I think that is critical. Yeah. I, uh, you know, I've said to him before, like he's talked about a different job or opening up his own company or other things. And I'm like, you know, I'm not willing to take on risk that that's, that's a, a, you know, kind of a stopping point for me, whatever that looks like, if that means you do something while you're employed, or you build some, you know, that's my vote, what how you choose to spend your day all day, that's up to you, as long as there's not the risk of our lifestyle being in danger. And so, um, yeah, I think negotiating, compromising, and above all, honest communication because you're right you you can't blame it's just us any you know and and i used to say on that point about hating the marine corps that i could only have an i hate the marine corps day because you have to then get over yourself and realize that hating the marine corps doesn't do you any good and um you know you have to kind of the old thing they used to say bloom where you're planted um to not sound like a cliche but it is that part's up to you. You know, the Marine Corps put may have put you there or told your spouse they have to go there. But what you do with that is up to you. And I think it's transitions the same thing that, you know, I can, uh, you know, have all these opinions and ideas and whatever. But if I'm not effectively communicating and compromising with him, then it just becomes fighting points instead of opportunities. And, and that's what I think people need to really understand is communication is, is more important than ever. Being, do you think that as a military spouse, there's value that you can add uh, to the transitioning to your transitioning service member spouse 
having been in the civilian job market, was there advice you could give Brady yes. to say, well, now here's, <laughs> here's what it really is like? Yeah, I mean, he had never been in a job interview, you know, um, I think he worked at like Burgerville in his little town in Oregon, you know, as a teenager, and that was it. And so he had never had to uh, describe himself. He had never, you know, so we talked about like the 30 second elevator speech and, and how to act in a job interview and, um, you know, different things that um, I feel like it really made me feel good that for really the first time he was coming to me with things that I experienced that he didn't. And, and I think that was good for our marriage. Um, not that it, we needed it, but it was a, a, a definite positive thing that he saw me differently, I think, because I had experiences that he didn't um, for one of the first times, you know, in a, in a professional setting. Yeah, and I, th and I think that's that's beautiful, too, because that is part of being a military spouse is you kind of do take a back seat most often because they're having these experiences and doing things that you really can't um, uh, participate in. I will. I, I joke all the time. My husband and I will still joke about when he went to jump school, how I helped him study. I knew everything about being a jump master. You know, I was like, I could yep. take the test, you know. But you still aren't experiencing and I can't give advice. But when he starts, you know, interviewing for jobs and stuff, I'm like, I now I can talk to you yeah, about this yeah. and and, and right. feel like you're you're adding value. And that's always mm -hmm. a, such a good thing in a relationship because it is it is very service member heavy in a marriage when you are when you're in a military marriage. It's that's it, just yeah. by it has to be. I mean, that's just the way it has, it has to be. Yeah, yeah it, it has is. to be that and, way. It has. Yeah. Yeah. And we no. had, we had decided very early on that we were all in for his success and whatever, you know, and it wasn't said this way because it sounds terrible, but it's like whatever I could accomplish on the side, good on you. But, you know, I mean, and, and, and so that, that was really the reality of it. And I, I used to think, well, when he retires, first it was at 20, then, you know, of course that changed. Um, I was going to go rule the world and that's where my degrees would be important. And that's what I was working on was he's going to retire. We'll stay at the time we planned on California and I'm going to, you know, have some amazing job. And then as it got closer, I realized I really like being available to him at home. I like that we have lunch together every day. I, I run every day. Um, I travel as long as I have my laptop, I go with him on work trips, you know? And so it's like, mm, maybe I don't want to rule the world. I just want to still be here doing what I'm doing. And, and I'm happy with that because it's worked for this long. And so um, we've settled into that instead of me having these grand ideas of what comes next. It's just like, let's enjoy what we've got now. Well, I, I would, I would say uh, my, my, perspective on that is you really are ruling the world. It's just in a different way than what you imagined. Um, I appreciate that. I, I mean, I really think that Absolutely. because you impact, you, you've impacted so many people in your volunteer positions. You've impacted your children in a positive way. Um, you've, you've exposed them to so many different cultures by being not just a military wife, but a successful military wife, Thank not you. a lot of women or men, uh, it's spouses. Let me just say in general, not a lot can really embrace. And, and like you said, okay, today, I don't like the <laughs> Marine Corps, but tomorrow I will, you know, yeah. and, and you have to do that. You're absolutely right. So I, I would 
I would challenge you that I think you really are ruling the world. It just wasn't how you thought it was going to be. Um, I appreciate that. I, I like that perspective. Thank with you. your loved ones, that's awesome. I love it. Absolutely. You know, because yeah. you haven't. You haven't yeah. had those opportunities. Yeah. So, so let me ask you, um, if you were, and, and we often joke that, that, that um, uh, even if we are subject matter experts and having jobs in the civilian sector um, as our spouse transition, our advice might not be as well received. Let me ask you, if you were giving a veteran, uh, somebody outside of your loved one, a veteran, a point of advice as they begin to transition and with their family are transitioning out of the military, would there be something that you would say, um, think about this or really um, uh, lean towards considering this? Or is there a point of advice that you... Um, you would like to share maybe from your personal experiences as you and Brady transition that you think could benefit our audience, the transitioning uh, service member? I think being coachable and flexible in ways that they've never before is important. Instead of seeing everything from their natural perspective of however long they were in the military being willing to open themselves to something that's completely different, whether it's the attitude in the organization, whether it's, um, you know, just the way they see the world, you kind of have to take off when you take off the uniform, take off the, well, that's how things are supposed to be the attitude. And, and when you, when you allow yourself to say, Oh, well, that's different, but not necessarily lesser, or, you know, I can, I, I can do that even though I didn't think I could, you know, it, it's like opening themselves up to the big world that's so different than what they're used to. And instead of only seeing it from, well, this is how it always worked in the past, mm -hmm. because their life is going to be different. And, you know, even if they stay related to the military in some way, the role there is different. You're no longer that rank. No one's calling you by that rank. No, you know, and so being willing to kind of put that aside in all of the good ways, you know, that means, um, you know, you're open to those new experiences and being coachable to see things differently, I think is a good way to avoid, you know, getting your feelings hurt or feeling disrespected or feeling like you don't know what you're doing because, you know, I, I think we get, especially men in the military, at least the ones I know, they get very set in their ways and they think it's supposed to be a specific way. And, and corporate America doesn't look like that or being a potato farmer doesn't look like that. And so it can cause them a lot of um, anxiety and, and expectations being um, you know, not met. And so if they're willing to see it differently and, and learn from it, then, then that's, uh, I think, saves a lot of hurt feelings. So, so when we were talking just prior to um, you know, getting started with the podcast, you had said, you know, there were some perspectives on some things that you wanted to share. So what are some of the, the ideas and the things that you would like to, in this moment, embrace and talk about with either the military spouse or the service member? What do you think are some important points that we don't want to miss today? I think taking advantage of the freedom that comes with the transition and not being afraid of it is is huge i think that is a um a huge improvement in your quality of life you know if you can put away being afraid of it um it's amazing to live here it's amazing to know that i don't have to live here um if we want to go 
you know, no one's ever going to tell him to cut his hair again, you know, um, no one's ever gonna, uh, you know, the, embracing all of that, even though it feels so foreign, um, and seeing the seeing the positive and all of it is, I think, really important. I think um, appreciating where you've been, but using that as the springboard of where you're going, you know, it's it can't always be it was so much better, you know, at Camp Pendleton, it's, you know, like, kind of these were the best years of our life. Um, I think there's disappointment in that. I think you need to go out and create more and, you know, whether, whatever that looks like for you, um, for us, it's still making more money and, and, you know, putting away for retirement and, and, you know, uh, but it's also raising our granddaughters and, and, or not raising, but enjoying them and, and spoiling them. And we took all of our kids on a, a, all expenses paid vacation. And that had been Brady's dream for a long time to just splurge on something like that. And, you know, finding all of those really neat ways to live like you haven't ever before within whatever your means are, I think. Um, and seeing that as a positive instead of, you know, being at the bottom of the priority in the military hospital, uh, you know, <laughs> um, and then the frustration that comes with that. Right. Um, and, and so, yeah, I think, um, encouraging one another and and seeing everything as an opportunity i mean it's just it's just such a neat time in your life especially when you're like we're not even 50 yet you know and so there's still a lot a lot out there to do and um and it's not just you know during the marine corps and post marine corps it's like this is all our life and it all adds up to who we are and um it's all awesome. I mean, it's just, it's just a neat place to be and, and to be proud of your service, but know that it's okay to kind of put it on the shelf and go do whatever's next, you know? You know what that's a beautiful message for? Somebody considering going into the military and deciding whether or not that would be their first career, you know, mm -hmm. or for someone who, you know, my husband, we talk about it all the time. Would we go back and stay? And, you know, and a lot of times that answer is yes. You know, knowing yeah, now what yeah. you know. But that's, a, that's yeah. really it is because you are, you're the age you are and it's, and you still have all this life to live and you've done all these things. You've had all these experiences and now everything is an opportunity. You said, yeah. see everything as an opportunity. And that's, yeah. that's a great message for those making this transition but it's also a great message for those trying to decide if this is a direction they may want to go in the beginning seeing someone talk about that who've you've been there done that and now gotten to the yeah. end and this is yeah. what the experience is you know so that's interesting yeah. I, I love that actually it's, it, it's a you know the military is hard it's a hard it's a hard life. Sure. The Marine Corps was hard. No single organization has had more of an impact on my life and continues to because my son's a Marine than the Marine Corps. Um, and, and, you know, and it's it's a lot of challenges, but it's a huge opportunity. There's so many benefits. You know, I'm the first person in my family to go to college and to have a PhD and to live in East Africa and Barbados and and you know the crazy amazing things that we got to do um and now my husband gets paid to open his eyes every day because of the you know like the the pension you know for someone that's trying to decide to stay in you know think about yeah you can get out and maybe your life is easier or maybe you hang in there to 20 and then all of a sudden you've got a pension for the rest of your life and and that is a game changer that people i don't think understand um 
that that you know he gets paid every single day just to get up you know and and that that's just a um that's a really neat thing and that's something we talk to our sons about you know it's like you you just you give your time you make the most of it you do everything that they'll allow you to do that benefits you and the organization and then you walk away with everything that that they're going to give you as a result and, and you know and i can say on this side of it it was all worth it every every all of it you know it, it made us who we are today and and what we have today, you know, and those are even both on the pretty... days that you said, I don't like the Marine Corps. It's oh, even then, even, yeah, <laughs> even then. And I, and I get the, the Facebook memories of, you know, the deployment and, oh, 200 days, you know, only 165 to go only, I actually wrote that only, you know, um, or like he spent 187 days gone and not all at once in 2012. That just came, you know, yeah, all of those moments were really, really hard. Um, And all of the airport trips and missed things. And, you know, I had a baby without him and, and all of that. But it made us who we are today. And so, you know, that's the road that you travel. And then now we get to benefit from all of that. And, and I just think that's, that's the American dream to me. You know, you, you do your, your time of, you know, those young years where you're working really hard and then, and then you get to you know, benefit from it. And we just got home from a cruise and, you know, just cool things nice. like that. Yeah. There's a, there's a financial planner, Dave Ramsey, who has a saying mm-hmm. that says, uh, live like no one else. So you can live like no one else. And I think yeah. that applies to what yep. you're saying. Sometimes you have to endure the hard yeah. To, to say, okay, now you live like no one else. I think yeah. that is yeah. fantastic. And what great advice. What great advice. Cindy, I'm going to let you close out with your favorite part of the podcast. Yes. So one of the things that when we were deciding to do this podcast, um, it, and it comes because I listen to a lot. Of, I listen to way too many podcasts. Uh, but I like it when you feel like you know the guest a little bit. So we thought it would be fun to have our guests tell a fun fact about themselves so they feel a little more uh, connected with you. So with that, Shauna, what is your fun fact? Well, my fun fact is I, uh, I've mentioned running a couple different times. I have run 15 triple digit ultra marathons, meaning they were 100 miles or more. Um, the last one was last summer in Wisconsin and, uh, it Brady's run some of them too. Our, our middle son has as well, but I tend to be the one that wants to keep doing it. Um, it's, uh, the most awful, horrific, wonderful thing you can imagine. It's, um, (laughs) being, being on a trail in the middle of the night under stars, you know, absolutely exhausted, uh, you know, eating a snack out of your pocket that's been there for, you know, four hours is, uh, my idea of, of pretty awesome things. And I get to see great places and, um, it's something that no one can do for you and it's really hard. And so the accomplishment in the end is absolutely utterly indescribable. And I think that's what brings me back. Um, And I just signed up for, it's a lottery, so I'm not sure if I'll get in or not, but for uh, the Vol State 500K. So if I get in, I'll run 314 miles across Tennessee next summer. Um, and uh, Brady will be a crew and, and make sure, you know, I don't get kidnapped along the way or whatever. But, um, you know, so yeah. Uh, and, and so that's part of how I love to spend my time is um, just completely thrashing myself physically in ways that, um, 
mean I get to cross the finish line and, and, and enjoy the process as it happens. So yeah, that's, I don't how know if that's fun. Does, is that fun. That is fun. That's <laughs> wonderful. I want to know how long does it, what's your best time? What, how long does it take 20, to do that? My best time was the last one I did was 2335. So 23 hours, 35 minutes. Um, and it's kind of a, it's kind of a golden ticket kind of, if you can do it less than 24 hours, that's kind of like the goal for a lot of people. Um, and so I specifically trained uh, and had a friend with a lot of experience who coached me on my training plan last year. And I was really focused on my exact words were to him. I don't want to drag my dead body across the finish line. I want to actually like accomplish this. And I did it. I was third place and it was a huge thing and um, super proud of that. And, and I am not an athlete by nature. And so to accomplish these things is, is really um, fun for me. So yeah, it's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> I am you. so impressed. And I so you're going to run across Tennessee. Oh my God. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, you want to sign up? How do I Brady sign up for that? that? I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, amazing. I and say, go Shauna. I'll, I can do that. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. That is amazing. Wow. That is an accomplishment though. I mean, like we've known people who did the Spartans who do the marathons and they do, you know, and there is, it's, it's about uh, that accomplishment, that finishing that you, there's nobody doing it for you. You have to do it yeah. and, uh, yeah. and finishing and, that's very cool. That's awesome. Congratulations. I, I, I was a long distance runner and I did one marathon. And for me, it was check. Okay, done. Um, uh -huh. For you, it's like next, next, next. And that, that is. Yeah, I, I, I have, a, if I was being really honest with myself, I know I have a very addictive personality. I think I would be an alcoholic if I drank, to be <laughs> honest. Um, and, and that's where I, fo you know, I kind of, when I become passionate about Mm -hmm. something I'm really all in. And so, yeah, I've, I've done 63 marathons. Um, and that, that's an awesome distance too. Like we're, we're running the Berlin marathon in September. Um, and you should ask Brady about it cause he'll tell you, I make him run, which is absolutely not true, but that's his favorite <laughs> thing to tell people. Um, and so I love that, but there's something about ultras. There's just this, um, raw, horribleness about it that's wonderful um you know you just when you pull yourself out of kind of this low point at 2 a.m and you keep going and then day breaks on the day you're going to finish and and to be out there like that it's just kind of empowering and, and amazing so uh, yeah I, it's, it's uh, incredible it's incredible make it and, sound poetic yeah. you make it sound poetic like it kind, of, it kind of is yeah it kind of is it's um it, it's a moment for prayer or a, an experience yeah. of prayer it's an experience of um, solitude if, if you're out there by yourself and, and um, you know the last one I was at was in Wisconsin and, and you know not a cloud in the sky bats flying around you know beautiful stars and, and it was just beautiful and there's nothing else that compares to that you know and so um, I keep coming back for that reason I think that that, that outlasts the you know the difficulties of it because they are very hard. Yeah, I can. Yeah, but, but I think that's amazing. The uh, just the um, self-awareness that you've developed in that. That's pretty awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I really, really enjoy it. And Brady tolerates it. So it's great. <laughs> that makes it even better there. There you go. Well, this has been just another terrific, terrific show. Uh, I want to thank everyone who has listened. Uh, 
Shauna, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, I'm I'm having all these, I, I, and I'm sure Michelle is too, but having all these ideas, we're going to have you back because there are some things we want to have you talk about. And, okay. um, and so we're going to, we're going to have you back. Cause I'm already, my brain is already making bullet notes. So we're going to, we're going to definitely have you back. Cause there's going to be some interesting, interesting conversations. I think we can continue, uh, at okay, another I'd time, be happy but to come back. awesome. So thank you so much, Michelle. Thank you as usual to all the listeners. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your time. We will never waste it. And to our transitioning military veterans our focus is to bring you the aim small miss small concept and hone your focus into each transition process step until next time this has been the tactical transition podcast thank you for listening be sure to push the follow button on our podcast and subscribe to eselseminars.com 